This week on the FSF Podcast, we welcome actor Christopher Sean. Hello and welcome to the FSF Podcast. I'm Tim. I'm your host. And of course, Kathleen is here with me. And uh, we're very excited today to welcome our guest. He's an actor that you've uh, you've seen on screen, you've heard of productions that he has lent his voice to. Maybe you know him from Hawaii Five-0 or Days of Our Lives. Maybe like my wife, who is super excited that I was talking to somebody from the Lizzie Bennett Diaries. That's a thing. Uh, or you've That's heard right. him on Star Wars Resistance <laughs> or the Gotham Knights video game. That's where I knew him best from. Anyway, uh, best. Uh, yeah, I'm, That's why we record <laughs> these and we edit these, because that's awfully early for a Zerbert. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we are so happy and almost <laughs> able to get the words out of our mouth to welcome Christopher Sean to the FSF podcast. Welcome to the show, Christopher. It's an honor to be here in the FSF podcast with the coolest people, Tim and Kathleen. Wish you were here, Ben, but, uh, you know, next time, buddy, next time. Definitely. See, he All thinks right. he's we're cool because well, he hasn't actually talked to us yet. <laughs> give him time. Give him time. He'll join the rest of them. Anyway, uh, so Christopher, it's not often that we get an opportunity to sit down with someone who's played a spy and truth be told, the best known pilot in the galaxy. So we're kind of excited about that. Uh, so in Star Wars Resistance, you gave your voice to Kazuda Azono, or also known as Kaz, uh, which was the first way that I got to know you because um, I'm a little bit of a Star Wars fan, just about that much. Yeah. And so, My arms don't go far uh, enough. <laughs> no they do not no they do not uh so anyways i always love talking to anybody who's had anything to do with star wars and i always want to know what was their entry point into the star wars fandom and what does star wars being part of star wars mean to them personally um them as in me okay uh yes as in you yes how what does it mean to you personally and where did your entry point into the fandom begin the earliest recollection I have of Star Wars in my life was my father telling his bedtime stories in the voice of Yoda and Chewbacca. And he would run back and forth from the doorway as he was fighting a hundred ninjas on this side and a hundred spies on that side. And he was, uh, you know, just, he was always a, a character. So for me, watching cool. Empire Strikes Back, that was, that was my entry point. And that's why it means so much to me because it's very familiar for me. That's awesome. Your dad nice. already sounds like the coolest person ever. Like My mom and my dad, they're awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that is really cool. I got to go complain to my mother now that she never read me bedtime stories in the voice of Yoda. What the <laughs> hell, mom? <laughs> Gosh. You know, it's not too late. Oh, stupid. Oh, and it's I, not hey, that you can totally, You can totally bring it back. Redeem she yourself. This, she can reel this in. Just, you know, just lay there. Tell me a story, mom. I'll yell for it. You're never too old for a bedtime story from your mom. No, absolutely not. So cool. So you mentioned you mentioned my all-time favorite movie. You mentioned uh, Empire Strikes Back. Is that so? Is that kind of where you kind of got started with things? It sounds like. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's the earliest recollection. But obviously, we watched the entire original trilogy. I love everything Star Wars myself. So I'm a big fan of nice. everything they're creating now. And, and yeah, I'm just excited to see what they bring into the continuing expansion of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Nice. I thought it was kind of cool that, um, you know, so there's been a lot of characters. Obviously, there's a lot of characters from the Resistance era show that were in the sequel trilogy era. 
you know. Um, but I thought it was even cooler that with the this last Ahsoka show, there's, you know, uh, the person who would be your dad. Hamato uh, Ziono. Yeah, Senator yeah. Ziono. Yeah. And I was like, as soon as they said the name, I remember I had my head down. I was looking at something. I was like a deer hearing a twig snap. My head shot up. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that's not worth resistance. And my wife's like, yeah, so? I'm like, that's, that's not worth resistance. That's a thing. <laughs> Just That's be excited, Shayna. Exactly. I was excited, <laughs> so I I thought that the excitement would translate over. It it, it did not. No, but, but uh, there there are those who who share that same enthusiasm and excitement, and myself being one of them. That's cool. Yeah, I I think it would be kind of cool uh, now knowing who we know uh, who Kaz is and everything. I would love to see him make a live action appearance. Um, because of everything that's kind of going on. And I'm not I'm not asking if you know or anything along those lines. If you do, great. If you don't, that's fine too. Um, I'll live in my own little dreams and fantasies over here. But I think it'd be really cool. Kaz is one of those characters that I would love to see make a, the leap from the animated animation to live action. Um, but yeah, he's one of them. Another one that I was kind of hoping would make that leap um, as a matter of fact, uh, somebody we talked to just the other day, uh, Jason Spisak, who played Lux Bonteri in the in the Clone Wars, and I was kind of hoping that he's got another person um, that I would love to see, you know, Lux make that jump, but it never happened. But <laughs> I, don't know, I, don't, I don't think it's too late for Kaz, though. Definitely not too late for Kaz. They're still doing prequel era stuff, and uh, they're with, the, with especially in the era of Ahsoka leading up to the prequel era. That'd be kind of cool. I think it'd be fun. I mean, I'm never against working in uh, with Lucasfilm. Never against working with anything Star Wars. Uh, I've always been a fan. Always will be a fan, and I'll always be a supporter of what they produce. That's awesome. Nice. That's such a wonderful yeah, thing to hear from a Star Wars fan too. Like it's it's so refreshing to hear that because usually it's the oh I like Star Wars but I don't like this. No, just <laughs> yeah. I like the the refreshing. I'm going to be supportive of what they do. That just. I- I watch it all. I mean, there's 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 parts that I that I nitpick a little bit here and there because I'm I'm me, but um, I don't have a problem with any of it. Essentially, I mean, I'll sit down and watch it all. Um, matter of fact, I just restarted my rewatch, so I think it's easy for anyone to say I don't like X Y Z, and they can come up with any reason as to why they don't like it. Sure. Um, I think it's difficult to. Uh, to change that mindset of a person who feels that way. And I feel bad for those people who feel negatively about so many different franchises. However, I'm a big fan, like I said, of the Star Wars universe because it's helped create who I am. My creativity, my imagination has flourished because of this franchise. And so it's all of Hollywood. But for me, again, you know, um, there's, it's a lot, it's very easy to be negative. It, it's it's hard to stand by a franchise that's being kicked when it's down, and I will always stand by that franchise. In fact, I will I will safeguard it and love it and protect it like a ravenous dog who who loves love his it. owner. You know that's just me because again I'm I'm I will always be truthful and loyal to those who have helped me and my family. I love that. That's fantastic. So much. <laughs> so typically, Tim starts our interview with the I want to get the backstory because. That's what he does. He likes backstories. We're nerds. Backstories are what we do. So getting your backstory a little bit, Christopher, what is the origin the origin story of Christopher Sean? What got you into acting and got you to where you are now? 
I was first born on the FSF podcast uh, 22 years ago. No, I'm kidding. No, uh, <laughs> no um, so, so for me, my father was in the Navy and my mother's Japanese. And my mother is Japanese. My father was in the Navy. My father would be deployed on the USS Midway, USS Tripoli. And while he was deployed, he would record himself reading us books. And my mom would receive the old school VHS tapes and he'd, she'd pop them in and there would be my dad on TV reading us books. And it was simple stories and they were cute. And my dad would be like, hey, Christopher, sit down. And like, how do you know I was standing up? You know, like, what the? <laughs> so uh, for me, that is kind of the memories that that I cherish, that I remember my dad's so cool. He's on TV. I want to be like my dad. And my mom would then have the camcorder and she'd record us. So I recently saw some of the videos and it's like me, a skinny little twig of a kid flexing me and like, I want to be strong like you, dad. I'm eating chicken. And, you know, yeah. so that, that was kind of my, my upbringing, being comfortable, having fun on camera and loving it because it was a very, again, familial ordeal. So from there, I was like, how do I get into acting? How do I do it? You know, and I just came to Hollywood at 18, knowing nothing, knowing no one. And, and now I'm, you know, almost 20 years later and I'm, I've got a big movie coming out. Uh, I've got two TV shows. I got multiple video games. I, I'm doing a lot of things and, and, and I'm still grinding and I'm still working to get to a place where people actually know who I am. And, and they say, Hey, I, I remember you from Lizzie Bennett diaries. I love you. Remember you from Gotham Knights, star Wars, whatever it may be. I'm getting. I want to get to that place where people respect the work and can say every single role I've done has been different from the other. And yeah, I want to. I want to get to a household name so that I can continue to help push and love franchises as I have growing up. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's great. I. I've never met your parents, but I kind of want to right now. That's just. But I love these stories. I always love stories where I hear about parents who are so interactive with their children and 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 storytelling like uh so kathleen's husband you know has been known to read lord of the rings to their child and doing different voices and doing different things and and i love that because it helps you know and because i used to do the same things with my kids and i would try and read stories to them i would always try and work up different voices and do things because to me it i always felt like it it opened up the mind and it it, it made it more enjoyable and just the thought of your dad recording himself to send those tapes back to you, I think it's just so super cool. Um, yeah, I think the fact that you are trying that as well and, and, and giving them the freedom of creativity and play, because the more fun you have, the more fun they have. And, and that's so infectious, you know, so that that ideology is applicable to everything in life, whether it's work, whether it's uh, passion projects, hobbies, or just hanging with friends. Like the more fun you have, the more fun other people have. And I, and I learned that from my dad, my mom. I learned that from my lady, Linnea. I, and and seeing, hearing you guys, I'm learning that you guys are also applying that to those around you, which is beautiful. It's awesome. So please keep that going. Oh, and just a, just a couple months until Tim gets to start doing that with a grandkid. Congratulations. Yeah, I had to bring that up, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. I have to bring it up. No, I'm excited. Okay, so I don't. That may have sounded negative. It's not even close to negative. I am so stupid excited about the fact that I'm gonna be a grandpa. Don't. But she just likes picking on me because you know there's gray in my beard, and so she likes to bring out the fact that I'm you know I'm grandpa. So now I'm I've been called Grandpa Tim a lot lately. So which I'm fine with because it's 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 gonna be who I am. So I'm excited about it, 
and I get to do it all over again and read more books and do more things and be the big giant kid nerd with, you know, a grandkid now instead of just my own kids. And I'm very excited about that. So it's wonderful. That's and it wonderful. is one of those things, too, that like Tim has told other guests before that I am the little sister that he never wanted. And yet somehow <laughs> I'm here. Um, it was it was That's very cool. much a, a universe was like, hey, this person and this person need to meet. And, and that's kind of how it happened for us is we just happenstance mm. upon each other. And now our, our family. I can't get rid of her. It's just like, stuck. <laughs> I keep shaking and it's both fall off. I am like <laughs> the worst cold bug ever. You guys are op- opposites attract. So it's wonderful. You guys are chemically bound. I love it. Is it is so funny though, is then like his wife and my husband, when the four of us are together, and and John and Shana just look at each other and look at me and Tim and look at each other and I'm like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> we realistically could be related. It's scary. That's so, uh, <laughs> all right. So, uh, Christopher, going from Star Wars to the DC universe, we talked about this uh, in the preamble about Gotham Knights. Uh, you gave voice to Dick Grayson and Nightwing. Now, I love that game. I thought it was a lot of fun to play. Uh, it reminded me a lot of the the Arkham games and the gameplay style and and uh, just, yeah. And so it was one of those things that it, I did not realize it was you doing the voice of Dick Grayson, a.k.a. Nightwing, uh, until, you know, we sat, we, we agreed on a date to get you on the show and we started doing research into, you know, some of the other roles that you had done. Because at that point, I had only known that you were, you know, so Star Wars, and I was like, eh, "Star Wars, he's got to be on the show. Got to get him." Um, and then, and then I found out about this. Uh, so yeah, really, really enjoyed that. So uh, the question I have for you about that, though, is that several actors that we've talked to who have done both voice acting and uh, video game voice acting have noted that there's some differences in the way that the 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 job is framed up, how they actually execute the work. Um, so my question is, do you enjoy one avenue of voice acting more than the other? Do you prefer animation style acting over video game acting? Or do you find one more challenging than the other? I think every um, creative endeavor has its own challenges. I think my job is to show up and make sure that, A, I'm a professional. I make sure that I knock everything out in ample, with ample amount of time left over. But B, I also try to make sure everyone has a great time. And my goal is to make people laugh, make people feel, make people feel better about themselves, and make and, and make people know that they made the right choice with me. Um, in reference to video games and animation, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna run through a lot of dialogue in video games. You're just gonna go down this long list of maybe even 200 lines, depending on the day. Uh, mm-hmm. While animation, you're gonna be working something similar, but more so scenes as you run through and you and you find the ups and downs and where's the growth in the scene and and you work directly with the directors in that aspect so yes there's differences however um i like the difference of of the day i enjoy again i i like when things are thrown at me i like juggling multiple things i like feeling like i'm kind of in the mix of a million things at once and just being the eye of the storm that's just kind of my happy place all right. Well, that's a fair answer. Yeah, because, you know, uh, some of them that some of the other actors that we've talked to have mentioned, you know, like they preferred. Well, it's it's different now uh, with with uh, since COVID, with, 
voice acting, you know, because a lot of people are doing it from home. They're not necessarily recording in a studio anymore. Some are. Some are getting Mm -hmm. back to studio recording. Uh, But with, you know, but when it comes to video games, they were recording their lines by themselves. They're not they're not feeding off of another actor. You know, they're, they're not getting the bounce back. There are um, times, though, in animation when you're not working with another actor. Right. You know, you may be working with the director, but that's still the same as the video game. The director will lead you in and you say your line three times and or vice versa in animation. So, again, it's all different. I was just in a studio recently for uh, I was in a studio recently. I can't say for what. But, <laughs> I know, was getting and, ready to say, like, oh, yeah, we'll add that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, I'm working with uh, some amazing top tier talent and the director they'll have you read a line and then it'll be quiet for like five minutes sometimes and you're like what is going on in the booth you know uh, but but they come back they give you a couple notes you change it up you try different things for me i always go two for them one for me two how they want and then one i just kind of sometimes ad lib the line or look sure. for what they're feeling or add as something something different to spice it up a little bit that reminds me of uh, something that Catherine Tabor said to us about how uh, she finds herself always kind of uh, ad-libbing a little bit at the end of the line, you know, putting a little bit something extra, putting her own spin on it, putting putting herself into the into the the role, into the into the to the line, so that she feels when she watches it back or hears it back that she feels like you know like she contributed more than just her voice. Hmm. Yeah. I agree. That's I. Cool. Um, I absolutely agree with that. I think it's important. I mean, your voice is everything, though. You know, not to negate Catherine in any way, but, I mean, her voice is the soul of the character. And to sure. add, add an extra spice to it, that's wonderful because it gives it flair and it gives the, 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 the artist more to play with. Even the writers, it inspires them. So I love what she's doing with that. But imagine replacing Tim with a different host or Kathleen with a different host it's not going to have the same pizzazz because your voice and your personality is what brings the show to life. I have pizzazz. That's all I heard. That's I'm hey okay with that. <laughs> I got pizzazz. <laughs> oh, goodness. Can't wait to tell my wife. I'm walking, Dang. hey, baby, I got the pizzazz. Hey, anyway. And do the finger. Hey, the pizzazz. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she don't even know. Christopher, looking at some of the things that you've worked on, you have had the chance to work with some incredible people throughout your career. And I was actually looking at your Instagram today just to to get more of a feel for who you are as a person before I talk to you. Stalking. Research. Yes, I'm sorry, research. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. Put back on it. It's not stalking. (laughs) (laughs) and as i was scrolling through i realized you got to work with one of my favorite actors and hollywood legend dick Dick van dyke like that is incredible to me i would be an absolute puddle and like completely forget how to human Um, (laughs) but just for (laughs) my, my own personal curiosity is he as amazing in person as he seems like he would be there's an old saying never meet your idols um and he is not that in any way he's amazing he was everything you wanted and more uh he comes to set and we're all doing our covid test to make sure everyone's safe and as he walks in he's tap dancing 97 years old tap dancing and singing and it's bright and early in the morning i don't even know if the sun's come up yet (laughs) 
but yeah, so I, I was so excited to see him as he's singing, he's dancing, and I just watch him walk by, walk forward, and I kept like, you know, anytime anyone brought up a song, he would just go right in a song, and people are singing with him, and I was kind of like, full of sugar, chim chimney, chim chimney. He trying to get him to sing like the classics. <laughs> but, uh, he uh, he was incredible. We, we sat next to each other. He held my hand, and uh, he was like, at times, he's like this the soap opera world, man, it goes fast. I'm like, yeah, but you know what though? It's as fast as you want it to be. You know, we're going to take our time. We're going to make sure you look amazing. And he was like, let's go. You know, he's just such a great person. Love, oh love, love him. And I love the, the Days of Our Lives. I love the Days of Our Lives cast. I love the producer. I love everyone at Days. They gave me my first contract in Hollywood. And I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that. And I'll always, again, I'll always be loyal to them. Yeah. That's awesome. I just, I, I follow Dick Van Dyke on Instagram as well. And the number of times that he's, singing and dancing and tap dancing and i'm like you are nearly 100 i don't have that energy on a daily basis that is incredible and then watching the the cbs um birthday special they did for him and i'm like he's just amazing yeah i uh i have seen so many things with him over the years where where uh different people have expressed similar thoughts as to what you just did about him where you know um other people have, have used that quote uh, as well about, you know, don't meet your, you know, never meet your idols. And, wow. but it, it had, they're like, yeah, not with him. You know, meet him. You you definitely want to meet this guy. And uh, he just seems uh, the, 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 the term that I was, I heard expressed about him recently was grandfather, grandfatherly, but in, in all the best ways. Absolutely. He's jovial. He's uh he's so optimistic, so loving, and it's it's a lot of work to be happy. It's a lot of work to be. It's a lot of work to just live life, right? But like, right. it's a choice that he makes to show up and make every single person around him feel better. And that's influenced my choices in life. I want to be that person that spreads that love, that light, that joy. So I'm like, yeah. I want to be like Dick Van Dyke in my life. I want to make people feel amazing like he does. Yeah. So if you ever have the opportunity to meet him, he's 98 now. Uh, do it. Do it, do it, do it. I want to. Yeah. So badly. So badly. That'd be really cool. Yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's one of those people that I think when he walks in the room, he lights it up. I think he just, you know, I, you see people's heads turn and they, they want to see where he is and what he's doing because he, yeah. he's Dick Van Dyke. I mean, come on. I actually, I actually know? turned down another role. Uh, I was filming it. I booked a big primetime show and I turned it down so that I could work with Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> Oh I think God. I would have done the same. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you have to. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's almost a no brainer right there. You know, go do this show and miss working with Dick Van Dyke or work with Dick Van Dyke. Mm-hmm. You work yeah. with Dick Van Dyke. So always. Sure. Oh, that's very cool. I like that story. I'm just over oh, here. Now. Wait, I got to to see like if he has any public appearances coming up soon. Is he going to be any cons? She's <clears throat> researching. Yes. Well, I have the complete set of Diagnosis Murder I need autographed. Like, well, there's that. <laughs> if, if they remake that series, I would love to be a part of it. Oh, my gosh. That'd be oh, so that'd be cool. Yeah. I love yeah. that so much. And I and I already play his grandson, you know, in Days of Our Lives, right? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's an easy crossover. Just, you know. <laughs> my buddy Frank Niddle from Disney, he's amazing. Love him. And he always says, like, that's a series they got to remake. And so actually, we've been talking about Diagnosis Murder, which is hilarious that you brought it up. That is so Well, yeah, I guarantee you, you have one uh, instant fan right there. 
<laughs> yeah. Streamyard yeah. is backward. You're pointing the wrong way. <laughs> well, I'd hope that viewing no. Instagram has as as uh, made you like me some. Definitely. So I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so Christopher, if I don't ask you about the Lizzie Bennett Diaries, I may not be able to return home this evening because uh, my wife and my daughter both are fans of that web series, and they're huge Pride and Prejudice fans, of which, of course, the show is based off of. So when I told my wife, I was like, I said, uh, I, we were talking about who I was going to be interviewing and everything, and I said, you know, his name is Christopher Sean. She goes, she goes, okay, she goes, who's Christopher Sean? And I just pulled up your picture. She's like, oh, my God, that's Bing Lee. <laughs> She's That's like, That's Bing. I know. She's like, I know who that is. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what kind of research did you have to do to prepare for the role of Bing uh, since he was based upon, of course, of Charles Bingley from the original works? You know what? Actually, funny thing was I was up for Magnus Bain in the Mortal Instruments. And I had met with Harold okay. Jordan, the director. He, he directed The Next Karate Kid with Jaden Smith and many big properties. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I'm going to book this. And as I was leaving, I got great notes. It seemed like, you know, everything was good to go. Fireworks. Everyone loved me leaving that the director session mm -hmm. for the feature film. And I left and I got a call. There was like, hey, man, you, you still have this audition for uh, in this YouTube series. If you're interested, the team's amazing. Bernie Sue and and uh, uh, Stuart and, and Jen. And, and I can't remember everyone's name at the moment, but, you know, these producers are phenomenal. So I said, I'd absolutely love to try it. Let's just go in and have a good time. So I went in and um, I didn't know much about the show. I just studied studied the character and got a, a feel for just from the writing alone. I got a feel for what this character should be like. And okay. I worked hand in hand with Bernie Sue, who's an amazing producer. And he was, you know, and the writers, Jay and, and, and so many other people that were involved. Uh, oh, I can't, I'm drawing a blank. Harry Green, Harry Green. Anyway, he's the executive producer uh, Green. Hank Green. Hank Green's amazing. Uh, so the entire team was extremely supportive, and they kind of held your hand as they were, like, giving you ideas of how to play the character. They really let me play a lot in that realm. And, and um, you know, my, my co-star, phenomenal actress, she was also on Big Bang Theory. Uh -huh. I'm drawing a blank. I'm sorry. But just a great team, great cast, great directing. And I, I really didn't do much research outside of read the lines and really just come in prepared. And I was malleable for them to create what they wanted through me as a vessel. Okay. So considering that this is based off of a period piece, you know, Pride and Prejudice being a period piece, would that is that something that you think you would be interested in looking into in the future if if another like another format of this type of show, but as a period piece was was to come around? I think so, yes. And reason being yes is because I'm half Japanese and half white. How many period mm -hmm. pieces have you seen where there's multi-ethnic people? For me, the the lack of diversity in those pieces and when America was built upon, you know, the backs of minorities uh, yeah. and everyone's immigrants, like we should have more representation throughout the history of America, as well as yeah. history of, of, of Europe as well, because there's a lot of minorities, not just one particular race. It's it's a multi-ethnic, it's a melting pot of diversity. So, yeah, I would love to have that to continue to um, give kids who don't have role models, give kids who like myself, I grew up and didn't have anyone that looked like me. So I always felt like, well, I don't fit in. 
no one's going to think I'm cool. No one's going to think I'm attractive. No one's going to like me because no one sees it on TV. So when they meet me, they go, what are you? Or they hit racial slurs or whatever it may be. But if right, someone right. like myself is portrayed on television, these kids who are multi-ethnic, they say, hey, that's that's me. Hey, he's cool. Or, hey, oh, my gosh, I have representation. Now I matter. And so I'm trying to reflect that in the everyday life to help change lives uh, through media into the everyday life. Excuse me. Oh, I think that's great. Um, you know, especially the last couple of years, we've seen a bigger push for these things. And I think that's fantastic. Um, my, my favorite thing, you know, speaking about representation for for those who maybe not see it as much, um, when the last uh, Little Mermaid movie came out, The Little Mermaid, um, and um, they were showing... They were, yeah, yeah, they were showing little girls watching the trailer for that. And I got choked up because this little girl, she turns in her mom at her mom and goes, she looks like me. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. There it is. I mean, that to me was so powerful and just so moving that it was able to affect somebody to that level because, you know, growing up, uh, the blonde haired blue eyed uh, Irish boy down the street, I really didn't have that problem. You know, I could. I could throw a stick at Hollywood and uh, find somebody who who looked like me growing up, so that wasn't that wasn't the problem. So I I never understood that, but having an opportunity to watch it through somebody else's eyes and see what the importance of that is, I think it's fantastic. So if we can, if that can be continued in any way, I think by all means we definitely should. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I need to watch that Little Mermaid movie still. I've done that yet. <laughs> you have the you have the prime audience for it in your home. I do, I do. I have a five year old little girl, and I haven't we haven't watched it yet. Who thinks she mermaids are awesome? Well, we watched the trailer, and she thought Ursula looked too scary. So, well, I mean that that you know that was the point of Ursula. So, I mean, <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> Which I'm also I think is funny because I'm like, but it's Melissa McCarthy. She's not scary. But she is right. at this point. So oh, she's doing her job. She is. So through all of the jobs that you had, bouncing between all of the jobs, you are a very, very busy person. And fatigue is something that we all battle against, something that we we all have to deal with. So when you aren't working, what do you do to recharge your personal batteries? I like to play video games. I like to actually recently I've been reading some awesome books. Um, but video games are a lot of fun. I play Gotham Knights. <laughs> <laughs> I beat up baddies as Nightwing. I um, do you it. say your own lines while beating up the bad guys, though? You know what? I it's so there's so there's an abundant amount of dialogue that I never know what's going to be said when oh, it's that's said. True. Occasionally in a cutscene, yeah, I'd be like, oh, I remember this. Yeah, <laughs> I can act, I can act that. But for the majority of the time, you know, um, it's just kind of you going around the city with meeting, meeting up with buddies and beating up baddies. So we, you know, it's kind of funny is I would start, I would actually join random people's games because it's an open network. You can right. just jump into random. So I'd join random people's games. You're like, hey, what's up, dude? Why? Who'd you choose? Oh, Nightwing. That's a good choice. And like, you know, I'm, I'm actually Nightwing. They're like, yeah, buddy. Like, I'm like, yeah, but I'm the voice of nightwing but they're like nightwing. they're like get out of my game how did you get in here like, <laughs> so I've, been, I've been booted from like dozens of games <laughs> uh, whatever weirdo and boot <laughs> yeah. 
So, you know, I'll even, they're like, how do I get you out? I'm like, just go to the boot section in the network play. Yeah, that's how you do it. <laughs> I'll walk really them how to boot me. <laughs> Pretty funny. That's great. I love <laughs> like, no, that. That's I, fantastic. I love playing video games. I love cooking. I love working out. I love going surfing. Um, tonight I'm going to, uh, we're going to the cryptos arena. We got a suite. We're going to go watch a Kings game. Um, Ooh, nice. Yeah. Go hang out with my buddy, Brandon Saito and Phil Sakanashi and, uh, some, you know, amazing, amazing people. I love to just be around great people. They, that recharge your battery. I like that. Yeah. Excellent. Big hockey fan. So I'm excited that you're going to a Kings game. Yeah. Check out my Instagram. I'll be posting videos just for you, Tim. I was like, he's got pizzazz. He's got pizzazz. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, well, I assumed, well, I assumed it was the, the uh, LA Kings and, and hockey, not uh, Sacramento Kings and basketball. So, mm. but just a, it was just an assumption that played out for me. Whichever Kings it is. Whichever Kings it may should be, but I'm more you know excited that it's hockey. You know what? I actually I don't know what we're my, my buddies invited me and I was like, yeah, I'll come out. So it could be, it, I don't even know, but you'll see. I'll find out when you find out. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. Well, let's hope it's hockey because, well, hockey. Anyway. All right. So, Christopher, we're at the point in our, our little our little talk through here where we like to ask you what we like to call our silly question. So. Kathleen and I started asking this question of our guests because we feel it's a shame that at a certain point in life, people just stop asking you this question. It's like they don't even care anymore, and we think that's rude. So, Christopher Sean, what is your favorite dinosaur? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, I love Littlefoot, uh, a little baby brontosaurus, but I also like Ducky. Uh, Trachiosaurus. Uh, uh, I like Spike because the way he eats those leaves, amazing. And I'm talking all Land Before Time. I don't oh, know if you guys oh, know this or not. Oh, yeah. I'm picking up uh, on it. As soon as you uh, said uh, Littlefoot, I felt my heart break all over again. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, too I'm a, soon. I'm a big tree star fan. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, that. I don't know. I mean, I, I loved uh, Meet the Robinsons T-Rex. My head's too big and my hands are too small. Big head, little arms. <laughs> um, I don't think this plan was so well thought out. <laughs> I've I've always loved uh, Stegosaurus with the spiky tails. I used to have nice, those. Nice. I've always loved uh, Brontosaurus just because they're so tall. Uh, they remind me of elephants and giraffes and mm-hmm. mountains all put together. Uh, that's a good question. I don't know, uh, but I like I like mammoths. I like Mammoth. Sid the Sloth. You know, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, an, I'm a lover of the, uh, the Jurassic area. Um, remember this one? Clever girl. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I mean, raptors, oh, yeah. Velociraptors. I've had oh, yeah, nightmares yeah. of them, but they're beautiful now, the concept of them. Um, right. They're basically chickens, right? Running. They're like. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They so, just made them bigger for the movies. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't very scary as chickens, but they're scary in the movies. <laughs> Yeah, I like uh, I like T Rex because they're a family, they're mama and papas, and they have the baby eggs and they raise their babies. And even though yes, they are meat eaters, uh, they're still beautiful. They're family. Very cool. That's awesome, Christopher. We have enjoyed so much having you on our show with us tonight. Where can our viewers and our listeners go to find out more about you and your work, and wherever else they should, you know, stalk you? 
<laughs> well, or um, research. Feel free to research. <laughs> feel free to check out my Instagram at Mr. Christopher Sean. Just my name with a Mister. Uh, I post basically daily. I put words of, I put uh, words of the day to inspire learning. I put the hour of power to inspire and motivate those to continue to push and better themselves physically and spiritually and mentally. Um, and then I post kind of my daily happenings throughout my story. If I'm doing cool things or fun things, please check out my Instagram. And there I'll post to my Facebook and my Twitter. Occasionally I'll post on X. Uh, don't do that so much lately. <laughs> and uh, I do have a TikTok, but that's more for like television viewing purposes. I just enjoy watching TikToks. I learn about diets and I learn about different shows and directorial and DP work. And yeah. Awesome. Well, we right. will. Very cool. Yeah. We're going to definitely right. link your socials so that they can they can follow you. They can see what you're doing because you got some fun stuff. Yeah, well, can I tell you about my, my project I'm working on right now? Please, Please do. do. Yes. It's, uh, it's called Ultraman. Oh, Ultraman yeah. Ultraman Rising. There's a teaser yeah. that's available. It's a Netflix property. I'm really excited. It's Subaraya Project uh, property. It's a character I grew up watching as a kid in Japan. Mm-hmm. And now I get the, the honor to voice the superhero, the Japanese superhero. So very, very excited about Ultraman Rising. Can't say anything more than that at the moment, but That's fair. Uh, check that out. I have a couple of other things coming out very, very soon. Uh, video games, like I said, TV shows, and I wrote a kid's book. Oh, nice. Axel the Draxolotl. And um, uh-huh. I plan on, I'm looking for a publisher right now. Uh, we reached out to Scholastic. We'll reach out to a couple of the places, but when it gets published, I'll let you guys know. That'd be great. We'd love that. You, you that had me at Axolotl, so. <laughs> it's actually my story growing up being mixed. It's a dragon Axolotl mix and trying to fit in and learning rather than fit in. It's being unique will draw the right crowd. I love that and already want the book. Like, so. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. Oh, very cool thank you all so right much. well guys yeah uh guys we just want to remind you that subscribing is the single most important thing that you can do to help our show continue to grow and uh entice wonderful guests like christopher sean to come here and have these fun conversations for you guys to be able to listen to so please subscribe it helps out well more than we can ever tell you and go check out christopher's stuff because um he's got some cool stuff coming up just by the way you know he was kind of phrasing it i'm just gonna guess that you're gonna want to pay attention to uh, and possibly research slash stalk his Instagram to see what's going on because um, if he's already had all this other cool stuff and yeah, he's got some other stuff coming out. So make sure you check out his work as well. And yeah, so Christopher, thank you for being on the show. Guys, thank you for watching and listening and following and all that other fun stuff. And that's going to do it for the FSF podcast. Goodbye. Copyright 2024 FSF Podcast. Reference to any specific product or entity mentioned on this podcast does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by FSF Podcast. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. If you have any questions about this disclaimer, please contact us via email at info at fsfpopcast.com.